Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. Wow. Hey guys. It's been it's been a week, right? It's been 7 days since we've seen each other. Did you have you been? I feel like I feel like we haven't talked in forever. Did you did you miss me? I mean, were you thinking about me in the last week while I wasn't here? No, you you didn't miss me. You were thinking about leaving me. Well, let me tell you this. You are never ever going to find another podcaster like me. So don't you think for a second about um well I'm I'm sorry. I I don't know what came over me just then. You know, if you feel like it's not working out, I'm not going to be the guy to tell you that you can't find another podcaster if that's what makes you happy. But I just hope that even though we haven't seen each other in seven days, that I can win you back. I feel like I can. I, I feel like I feel like if you give me another chance, I'm going to be the podcaster that you want me to be. And how am I going to do that? You ask. As you stand there, tapping your foot with your hip thrust to the side and your arms crossed. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to get back to reading Nailgun Messiah for you guys. And we're going to have a big chunk of text to read today. That's right, a big part of the story. So because we have a long chunk of text to read, I want to get into that soon. But I do just want to say real quick, just let me say this real quick. that there, If you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, June 14th, Year of Our Lord 2016, there are still two, kind of one, two days left to enter the contest giveaway to get a um, trilogy, a signed trilogy. How about that? I'll even sign it. Signed trilogy of the um, Whistleblower trilogy that's Wounded Animals, Legend of Kareem, and Both Ends Burning, signed by yours truly, the author, that I will ship to you. That's open to U.S. residents only. I'm sorry, Canadians, Mexicans, Europeans. Asians, people in other parts of the world. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna ship stuff to Timbuktu. I'm just not gonna do it. Um, so U.S. residents only. Signed copies of those books. Go to jimheskett.com forward slash contest. That's J I M H E S K E T T dot C O M pewter uh, forward slash contest. All right, so let's do this. I think the only real bit of um, recap, maybe we'll recap a couple of things. Um, so if you know the last time we saw Micah, he'd um, tailed Eagle to that bar in town and then Eagle disappeared. And so, uh, so another thing that's probably important to know, if you remember the last time that the when Micah was hanging out with Garrett, his young housemate who's married to Hannah, the, the young woman with the curly blonde hair, yeah, Hannah's the one who went to confession with the priest. When uh, um, a few days before in the story, Garrett gave Micah a ride to work early in the morning because Garrett was coming home from work because he works the night shift. Um, Garrett was giving Micah a ride to work, and he's, Garrett, you know, Garrett smokes weed. And as he was smoking weed, he was telling Micah about how Hannah is pregnant and it's a problem because... According to the house rules, men and women aren't supposed to talk to each other, let alone do the nasty, um, even though Hannah and Garrett are married. 
And so this is a problem that's going to be coming to a head at some point, you know, because you can't like hide a pregnancy for long. So I think that's all the recap we're going to do here. Um, I'll go ahead and get into the reading. Micah hadn't seen Eagle in two days. He'd never found out where he'd skulked off to after getting in that fight at the bar, but his car was missing from the bar's parking lot the next day as Micah went to work. Micah himself had barely managed not to get caught sneaking into the house so late. Where was Eagle always running off to? He showed up at the house every couple days, had meetings with Lila in her room, would go into the basement for a few minutes, and then he'd disappear again. Micah was continually struck by how crazy all of this was. That he was working at a hardware store in this tiny town, making secret calls to Frank down in Denver, struggling to persuade his sister to move out when she wouldn't even talk to him. In the morning, the irresistible scent of cinnamon rolls wafted through the air as he emerged from the bathroom. Micah put on a hoodie and his khaki so he could snatch one while they were still hot. He hadn't been eating at the house the last few days, but if he passed up cinnamon rolls, he'd regret it for the rest of the week. When he entered the dining room, all the inhabitants of the house except for Eagle were seated at the table, men on one side, women on the other, quiet and attentive. Hands folded in front. This was an odd sight for breakfast. Even sleepy-eyed Garrett, just home from his night shift, was sitting in his work uniform with the sewn-on name patch. Rodney tossed a friendly smile at Micah, while Magda and Hannah looked elsewhere. Lila waved Micah into the room and pointed to an empty chair. No one had any food in front of them, but that cinnamon smell thundered in the air like smoke from a brush fire. I thought I smelled cinnamon rolls, Micah said as he sat. Lila pursed her lips. Later. First we need to talk. Micah waited for someone to say something. They hadn't had a house meeting since right after he'd moved in. No one else at the table looked like they knew why they were all gathered. The quiet in the room wasn't a peaceful kind of quiet. It hung heavy and thick. Micah felt his pulse hasten and his mouth become dry. Why wasn't anyone talking? Lila stood, leaned forward, fingers spread on the table. She pressed, turning her fingertips white. Someone is trying to hurt us attempting to sabotage the very thing we're working so hard to build. There are people out there who want to keep the truth from coming out. Heads around the table nodded. Hannah's brow creased, but she kept her eyes down so Micah couldn't see her expression. Rodney squinted at Lila, his mouth open in anticipation. Micah played along by adopting a concerned look, even though he'd seen enough of Lila's paranoid side that he knew the speech coming next was bullshit. A rant followed by a proclamation, followed by a demand for obedience. Then something to smooth things over to make her seem like a friend. In this case, it would be cinnamon rolls. We need to tighten things up, Lila said. Bible study will be for people living in this house only, and no more communication with people outside the house for the time being. That includes phone calls to family. Hannah's face lifted a few inches, then fell. Did her family know that she was pregnant? He doubted it, since Rodney had implied before that Lila would listen in on phone calls made with the house landline. Hannah would have to know that. If Lila had already found out about the pregnancy, would she kick Hannah and Garrett out immediately, or hold it over them for some type of blackmail? She did already have their passports. Garrett cleared his throat. His eyes were bloodshot and heavy-lidded, and Micah knew that stoned look. 
probably smoked a joint on the way home from work and he hadn't even bothered to put drops in his eyes. He was likely expecting to go straight to bed before Lila surprised him with his house meeting. What can we do to help? Rodney said. First of all, Lila said, Garrett can get honest with the group. A bead of sweat formed on Garrett's temple and then dripped into one of his eyebrows. Hannah wasn't showing yet, but maybe Lila had discovered evidence of Hannah's morning sickness sessions and put it together. Only a matter of time before she found out. I don't know what you're talking about, Garrett said, swallowing hard. Lila seethed. Her upper lip raised in a snarl and her chest heaved. Liar! Marijuana's what they use to control you, but you're too dim to see that, aren't you, Garrett? Garrett's leg bounced under the table, but he kept his mouth shut. Lila was so furious she was actually vibrating in place. Something was about to happen and Micah didn't know what to do about it. If he said something, he'd endanger his chances of staying here, and then his plan of getting through to Magda would be over. Micah's likelihood of helping her from inside the house was better than outside the house. Say something, Lila said. Garrett opened his mouth, a little wince of air leaked out, and then he shrugged. Back in high school, Micah had been busted for alcohol and drugs by his parents enough times to know the claustrophobia Garrett must have been feeling in that instant. Nothing, she said. Garrett sat paralyzed, a wall clock ticking the only sound in the room. In a flash, Lila leaped across the table and wrapped her hands around his throat. She drove him back as she crashed into him, then dragged him to his feet as she forced him toward the wall. His back slammed against it, rattling the clock and a collection of framed pictures hanging above his head. In addition to being long and lean, Lila had bulging bicep muscles and a look of malice on her face that sent terror into Micah's heart. Why did he feel so afraid of this woman? How was she so powerful? Micah came to his senses as Lila thumped Garrett against the wall, knocking his head on it repeatedly. He tried to rise from his feet, his seat, but a swift kick under the table connected with his shin. He looked up to find Magda subtly shaking her head at him. He couldn't do anything about this insane scene unfolding before him. Hannah hid her face in her hands, and everyone else pretended it wasn't happening. Garrett was also unwilling to do anything about Lila's rage, and he let his hands dangle at his sides as Lila swore and squeezed and repeatedly drove Garrett against the wall. He was young, but he wasn't scrawny. He could have fought back if he wanted, but he refused, whether from frozen panic, obedience, or something else Micah didn't know. The clock rattled back and forth and then crashed down onto the tile floor of the kitchen. After a few interminable seconds where everyone at the table remained frozen, Micah had had enough. He couldn't sit there and let this happen, no matter Magda's objections. Would Lila kill poor Garrett solely for being a stoner? Micah stood and opened his mouth to speak, but then Eagle appeared in the kitchen doorway, wearing a police uniform. Stop, he said. That's enough. Micah's eyes bulged as he sat back down. Eagle was a cop? Lila let go, and this submissive action fascinated Micah. As driven and omnipotent as this woman was, she would still take orders from Eagle. There had never been any kind of discussion about Eagle standing in the house, but Micah had always assumed he was subordinate to her, but maybe not. Lila released her grip and stepped back as Garrett massaged his reddened throat. She still had fire in her eyes. I used to give you juice and sippy cups, you little asshole, and this is how you repay me by, be by becoming a slave to a, a plant? Micah knew the feeling of being a slave to a drug. He didn't know if Garrett was an addict, but he was certainly paying a steep price for getting high. I'm sorry, 
Garrett said as tear flows down his cheeks. I, I, can, I can do better. Lila turned to throw her scowl at the rest of them, then she stomped out of the kitchen. Eagle followed her, and everyone at the table sat in stunned silence for at least ten seconds. This was not a safe place to be. Micah had to get Magda out of this house, and sooner rather than later. And he also knew that if Lila ever put her hands on him or his sister again, he would snap that bitch's neck. Micah got up from the table and slipped out the back door, inhaling the cold mountain air, exhaling steam into the sky. He paused near the back fence and rested his elbows on it as he stared at the snow-covered hill behind the house. Soon after, the door opened behind him and Rodney made an appearance, look of worry on his face. Eagle's a cop, huh? Micah said. Rodney ignored the question. I saw you in there. Saw me what? Micah said, and he could hear the venom in his tone. His brain was a jumble of anger and confusion, and he wanted to punch someone. And he also knew how crazy that was. Whatever you're thinking of doing, Rodney said, please don't do it. I just came down to grab a fucking cinnamon roll. Micah didn't turn around to face Rodney, and in another minute the door closed behind him. Micah spun to find Rodney gone. How could these people sit by and let all this happen? After the incident in the kitchen, everyone went their separate ways and the drama melted away, as if it hadn't happened. Lila and Eagle both left, Hannah and Magda went to work together, Rodney disappeared somewhere, and Garrett went to his room to sleep. Micah was about to leave for work when he realized he had the house practically to himself. This had never occurred before. He didn't worry about Garrett because the poor kid wouldn't come out of his room again without a good reason. Despite the insanity Micah had witnessed, he had no time to spend agonizing over what to do next. He came up with an idea, but he had to be quick about it. He called in sick to work on the house phone, taking the chance that Hannah and Magda would notice him being gone. As long as he played sick later today when everyone came home, he could pull it off. Only the most recent episode in a long history of faking sick to get out of work, but he had a good reason this time. He went out to his car and popped the trunk to get his lockpicking kit. He paused before he took it out, eyeing the snow-dusted trees in the steep hill behind the house. He'd seen Eagle drive off with Lila, but that didn't mean they hadn't parked to skulk through the trees somewhere, just the kind of crazy shit they might think to do. There was something about the way the shadows of the trees loomed to create an invisible fence around the property that made him uneasy, like he was hemmed in, being observed. If the house had been some clean and modern thing with lots of glass, maybe with a tail wagging golden retriever on the porch, he might have felt different. But 1623 Caribou looked straight out of a horror movie, probably by design. When he was confident he was alone, he stashed his lockpicks in his pocket and returned to the house. Lila had a bedroom on the first floor, which she kept locked whenever she wasn't around. Micah went to work on the lock, picking it in less than a minute. He was careful not to leave any visible scratches around it. Lila would probably notice the intrusion, and then he'd be the one who'd be slammed against the kitchen wall. Cinnamon rolls? Nope. Get choked for breakfast. Breaking into houses, buildings, and lockboxes was one of the many skills he'd acquired in his time working for Luis Velasquez that he couldn't put on a resume. But damned if it didn't come in handy from time to time. Micah Reed, amateur locksmith, he said as he worked the picks to open the door. 
Lila's room wasn't much fancier than the rest of the bedrooms in this house except for the shiny gray laptop sitting on a desk next to her bed. The space was a little bigger with an adjoined bathroom, but she didn't have nicer furniture or anything like that. Just another room that felt like it belonged in someone's grandparents' house. He took a seat at the desk and raised the shade over the window. He wouldn't have a direct view to the front of the house, but he might catch a car slowing along Caribou Road, which should give him plenty of warning time. He lifted the lid of the laptop and was greeted by a blinking cursor in a password field. He drummed his hands on the desk and then typed in Cyrus. He hit return and the password field jiggled. No dice. He tried. Cyrus won. Cyrus exclamation point. Lila. Lila won. Nederland. Nederland won. Exclamation point Nederland. True mana. Exclamation point true mana. True mana exclamation point and the password field refused at each time. Unlike lockpicking, computer hacking was not one of the skills Micah had learned in Lobos Sinaloa Cartel. Their business was decidedly low-tech. There was no countdown for bad entries displayed on the login screen, but he had to be aware that it might shut down and delete everything if he put in too many wrong guesses. He decided to give it one more try. True Mana 1 the screen dissolved and returned to a desktop full of icons and a wallpaper of a sheer mountain cliff. He smacked the desk triumphant. Holy shit, Boba, it worked. Hidden in his pocket, Boba Fett stayed silent, but Micah knew the rascally bounty hunter would be pleased. Micah first dug into Lila's documents folder, but found nothing. Absolutely no files of any kind. He poked around the file system, looking for any folders with suspicious-sounding names, but everything seemed standard and uninteresting. Next, he opened an internet browser and clicked to the settings to access her history, and that's where he found the jackpot. The most recent page she'd visited had been the website for Sacred Heart Church in Nederland, and her last few searches were concerning a Thomas Benedict, who seemed to be the church's priest. A few blog posts and news items about him moving to town, his old church in Idaho, fundraising, summer camps... She'd done a lot of research on this guy for some reason. Her browser history before that, dating back for several months, was almost exclusively about religious cults. She'd searched about David Koresh's Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate, Jonestown, and many others. But her older search history showed results that were even more interesting. Only two months ago, she'd clicked on dozens of articles about brainwashing, persuasion, and mind control. Lila had apparently been learning the skill of forcing people into belief systems, keeping them invested, keeping them too scared to leave. This was exactly what Micah had been looking for. You cold and calculating bitch, he said to the room. He hit the print function and the browser showed one connected printer, so Micah rifled through the drawers until he found a printer stashed in the bottom desk drawer with a cable running out a hole in the back. As the first website printed, headlights flashed outside. He ducked down and peered out the window but couldn't see anything. As he printed the next website, he left the room and eased through the hall toward the front door. No cars coming up the driveway. Paused. Listened, but only silence came back. He raced back to Lila's room and printed a couple more websites from history, then took a screenshot of her general browser history and printed that too. More headlights flashed and these were pointed at the house. Micah glanced out the window at Eagle's car crunching through the snow to a stop in front of the gate. 
The last page should have already printed, but when Micah looked down at the printer, a yellow light was flashing. Paper jam. He yanked on the paper, half jutting from the front, ink smearing on the last few inches. Then, glanced out the window at Eagle's parking, and then stepping into the gathering snow on the lawn. Micah's brain raced and his heart pounded against his chest. Okay, come on, you can do this. He wrenched the paper free, but it tore and left a chunk sticking out. Would she notice that? She would definitely notice that. He only had seconds before Eagle would enter the house. Micah jabbed a thumb at the power button and gripped the chunks, pulling at them. His fingers slipped on the smudging ink covering the paper. He tensed his hand to grab, bearing down to gain leverage. The plastic cried and squeaked, then finally the chunk came free. Micah shut the drawer, stacked his papers together, then folded them in half as he got up and pushed the chair back under the desk. He shoved the papers down the front of his pants while he scooted out of the room as the front door was opening. He pivoted away from the front door, headed for the kitchen. Safely in the kitchen, he tried to force his racing heart to normalize. If Eagle came in here, he would know something was up. Eagle's footsteps clomped toward Lila's room, paused, and then retreated. He went up the stairs, and Micah let out a breath so heavy that he went woozy for a second. If this evidence didn't convince Magda that she needed to leave this crazy place, Micah didn't know what would. Ooh, okay, that is our reading for this week. Thanks, everyone, for sitting through that. You know, you might not realize it, but... But reading reading a book is a is it's taxing. <laughs> Saying all those words, so many words to say. But I do it as a labor of love for you people. I labor for you to love me because that's all I want is your approval and your love and your respect and um, maybe your bank account numbers. So if you could email those to me, I'd appreciate it. Anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. I think we learned some interesting things this week. Set up some nice bits of conflict for later. What's Micah going to do with those papers uh, from Lila's browser history? Hmm? Hmm? I assume that we will find out maybe in the next episode. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show. Go to www.jimheskit.com forward slash nailgunpodcast for information. And we'll see you next week. 